0: Welcome back to another short service from Clue Free Church. Um, today we're in Luke chapter 8 and Luke chapter 8 is um, all about faith uh, and Jesus explores that in various ways. Um, so by way of uh, opening our time, I want to read just a few verses at verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples in fear and amazement. They asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Let's pray briefly. Lord, our God, we thank you for the Bible, your revelation to us of your truth, of your character, of your saving plan. We thank you for Jesus, the one who came into the world in order to be the object for our faith. Uh, that just as he called the disciples to have faith in him in the middle of a storm. So you call each one of us in the highs and lows of life uh, to look to Jesus with faith, uh, to trust uh, that he came to live the perfect life that we can never live, that he came to die in our place for our sin, that he rose to give the gift of forgiveness and new life to all who would trust in him. We pray that you would help each one of us now as we turn to the Bible uh, to think about um, what faith looks like and why Jesus is uh, the one and only proper object for our faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read together and then we'll think about um, a section a little bit further on. Uh, Luke chapter 8 at verse 40 and we'll read to the end of the chapter. So Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 40. Now, when Jesus had returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you, but Jesus said, someone touched me. I know the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished. But he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. So we're going to continue to think about the reality that Jesus changes everything. And and today to focus especially on this truth that faith in Jesus changes everything for a sick woman and for this little girl. Now to say that faith is important is not really controversial. Most people would agree that faith in something, believing in something is regarded as a good thing. It's good for giving people hope. It's good for people's mental health. It gives a sense of resilience. Um, Where it becomes interesting, uh, where it can become controversial, is when we get to the question, but but who or what should I have faith in? And of course we recognise, don't we, that there are so many answers given to that. There's the answer given by uh, different uh, religious groups. There are the answers of those who place their hope in science and technology. There is the message that we hear often where we are called to believe in ourselves. Right now we are being asked to place our faith in uh, politicians and political parties as we think about an election. Well, not surprisingly, Christianity says that We are called to faith to believe in God and his son, Jesus, as he is revealed in the Bible. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to think about what does faith in Jesus look like? What can we learn from these two stories? And we'll also see that Luke is making a case for us to understand and to see that Jesus is the proper object. He is the right focus. For our faith. And we see that as he brings healing, as he brings new life, we think about the wider mission of Jesus. Jesus comes to bring spiritual healing and, and spiritual eternal life to all those who would have faith in him. Uh, so that we would recognize that whoever we are and whatever our situation, um, the call and the invitation uh, from uh, God in his word, from Jesus, the Son of God, is. To have faith in him so before we get to look at our two encounters it's important just to notice the settings the settings are really fascinating so so verse 40 you probably noticed it says now when jesus returned um, it's a reminder jesus has been on the move jesus has been on mission and in particular he's been on on mission against the power the forces of of evil and darkness so we so we read about him stopping a storm and, and storms were seen as as sort of chaos and darkness. Um, and we've seen him, we didn't read it, but he restores a man who'd been possessed by demons to, to full health and to spiritual health. And now Jesus turns his attention against the forces of illness and, and death. That's a really important setting for, for where we're going. Uh, we see too um, in verse 40 that a crowd welcomed him. You know, We see, or we used to see at least, sort of pictures of celebrities being mobbed uh, by fans you know maybe have that kind of picture as we think about the excitement around Jesus the way that he was welcomed there are people sort of crowding him and crushing him we don't know were they excited about his teaching were they excited about his miracles as word spreads um, but yeah what's interesting is that Luke moves from the crowds and the crushing to, to zoom in on just two individuals why those two? well they are for us portraits very different portraits ...of what faith in Jesus looks like. So that's where we're going to spend our time. We're going to look at each of these. We're going to look at Jairus and we're going to look at the the unnamed woman. So let's begin with Jairus and to think about his faith in the face of death. So we'll just look at verses 41 and 42 just now and and see three points about his faith at this stage. First of all, we recognise that faith is humble. Verse 41, a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader... Came and fell at Jesus' feet. So he's a synagogue leader, so we know he's religious, social, elite. But here, humbled by his need, he takes the posture of a servant before a king. You know, he's not showing Jesus the equivalent of, Jesus, here's my sort of synagogue leader business card, you should um, help me because of my credentials. No, Jairus understands that faith seeks mercy. And we have no automatic claim on the mercy of God, whoever we are. And so we need to understand with Jesus that faith bows down before a perfect and a holy God who is our creator, who is our king, recognising that all that we bring to the table is our sin. And we depend on him for life and salvation and everything else. From beginning to end, we say, nothing in my hands I bring simply to your cross I cling and Jairus teaches us that faith is humble but he also teaches us that faith is desperate faith comes to Jesus desperate so he fell at Jesus' feet and he's pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter a girl about 12 was dying this is not a casual chat this is not Jesus it's fine either way Um, Jesus if you're not too busy would you mind's you mind coming to my house? No. This is pleading. This is begging. With urgency. Because the need is great and emotions are high and this matters more than anything else in Jairus' life. This matters. Where we place our faith, sometimes not such a big deal. Sometimes it can be a life or death thing. Certainly was true in Jadis' case, as the story goes on. The teaching of Jesus, the teaching of the Bible is clear about certain realities. Sin is real. Sin that thing that, that breaks our relationship with God, that separates us from God, that causes all that's wrong in the world and all that's wrong in our hearts. That's that's real. And because that's real, and because God is holy and perfect and, and hates sin, so to the judgment of God is real. The Bible is also clear and Jesus is clear that eternity is real. That after this life we continue to live. Our souls live and then um, our, our bodies are raised and they too live for eternity. But there's two different destinies. There is heaven with God and there is hell, the place of separation from God. Um, heaven where we know love and peace and joy from and with God and with Jesus And hell, where we know the absence of that, where all that is experienced from God is his anger against sin and rejection of him. And that too is real. But the Bible is clear and Jesus is is clear also that that this is real as well. That there is an invitation to forgiveness. That that sin doesn't have to have the last word. That judgment need, need not be God's only word over you. That the love of God the self-giving love of God and giving his son Jesus to be the saviour for the world, that's, that's real too. Eternal life as a gift of God's grace. In the sending of Jesus to be our rescuer. To take on himself willingly all the wrong that we have done to die in our place, to suffer in our place, eh, to um, forgive us and, and bring us peace with God. That's reality also. And so the stakes are really high when we think about who or what we place our faith in. And Jesus is clear and the Bible is clear that outside of Christ our need is desperate. And so there is an invitation to have a faith that goes to Jesus in that desperate need, looking to him for mercy. And when we do, he will forgive and he will call us to himself. It's also, I think, important to learn from Jairus' example. And we see this in in some other stories in the Bible too, that faith pleads, not just for oneself, but for others as well. Now, I can't begin to imagine Jairus' grief and that sense of, of fear, that sense of being overwhelmed at the prospect of losing his daughter but i can relate with a father's love that seeks the very best for his kids a father's love that seeks life you know as as parents if you're a parent um as you're listening in what you know what wouldn't we do for our kids if we had the resources if we were able to protect of course we would wouldn't we that's natural that's instinct that's good but we know too the reality that there are some things we cannot do for the people we love. There are limits to our love, limits to our strength, limits to our ability to provide and protect, but not so with Jesus. And so let's learn from Jairus here. In his weakness, he took his daughter to Jesus. Let's take our family and our friends, the people on our hearts, to Jesus in prayer. He, at the end of the day, is and will always be their greatest hope and their greatest need. His love, God's love, is the greatest gift, greatest thing we could ever wish for others. And so let's pray and let's plead for people in our lives. It's so good for us as a church to pray and to pray together together for others in faith, seeking God to intervene, to to act, to, to bring life. And it's so good to pray then for faith to be formed in others. And we have a chance to do that whenever we gather in community group or on Mondays when we pray. We can do it in our families also. So this is the first part of um, Jadis' encounter with Jesus. And we'll come back to, to Jadis, but let's now think about this this woman, this unnamed woman and, and faith brings restoration again it's interesting the way Luke presents this it's the only time that we see two miracles come together uh, in the life of Jesus so in verse 44 there's Jesus walking uh, to Jairus' house the crowds are almost crushing him but now a new face comes into focus in, in Luke's presentation or perhaps because I imagine she was perhaps bowed over her At least her her profile would be uh, in view. Uh, Now, what can we learn about faith from this woman and from Luke's presentation? First, I think we see that faith is for all. Faith is for all types of people. Luke deliberately places these two stories together. Jesus deliberately draws attention uh, to Jairus and absolutely to the woman. To remind us, faith isn't just for the in-crowd. Faith isn't just for certain types, for religious people, it's not just for um, the West, it's not just for you know, the middle class, it's not just for a, a certain type. So what do we see here? We see Jairus, he's male, and we see this woman she's female. And Jairus, he has power and influence. This lady she has none. Um, Jairus it leads religious worship in the synagogue. This woman is barred from it's synagogue worship because of her illness. Jairus comes publicly. This woman comes in secret, quietly. The only point that they have in common is faith in Jesus. And that faith brings both of them together into God's kingdom. That's one of the wonderful things about the church. The kingdom of God is diverse, and and local churches in in little ways get to reflect that diversity, whether it's through our age profile or whether it's uh, through sort of different countries and cultures that we come from, or different sort of social backgrounds. A reminder, a living reminder, that the good news of Jesus is open to all. We celebrate that we should celebrate that. So faith is for all. And the woman helps to highlight that. Faith also trusts. Faith and trust go together. Consider this woman's heartbreaking story. Twelve years, twelve years of bleeding, of a chronic illness with no cure. An illness that led her to be isolated from her community, restricted in her social interactions, not allowed in the temple to worship God, not allowed in the synagogue to worship with others. In fact, she would have had to draw attention to her, her illness so she could be avoided. I sent a letter to the church this week um, recognising that, that we've all, and some of us still are, you know, we feel something of that loss of contact. We've felt the loss of interaction. We've we felt the loss of worship. There is something not good about that. And and so we should continue to pray for mercy and that things would return to normal so that we can be a worshipping people of God again. Uh, but this, this woman, in light of all of those sort of barriers and struggles, she bravely makes her way to Jesus. She trusts that in Jesus there is hope, that he can bring healing, that he can bring restoration from her suffering. It's a wonderful faith that Jesus to deliver. I wonder, do you and I have that trust? Do we take our pain? Do we take our tears? Do we take our lives to Jesus and believe that he can bring something good and beautiful out of perhaps the wreckage and the mess that we're in right now? And then we also see that faith Testifies, faith speaks, faith gives testimony to what um, God has done, what Jesus has done in her life. The, the, the amazing miracle happens in, in verse 44 after 12 years, instantly her bleeding stops as she reaches out in faith to Jesus. And then you get that question from you who touched me? Peter's like, well, there's a massive crowd, of course people are going to be touched. Jesus remember isn't asking this for his own benefit he's not lacking in knowledge who was that that's not what he's he's drawing the women out He's drawing the women out from the crowd out from the shadows to come speak with them why um we have a, a fire pit in our garden right? and and when guests come and if it's a bit chilly sometimes we'll we'll, we'll get the fire eh, on the go. Um, and, and depending on the type of wood and depending on, on what we got around sometimes the fire doesn't always start that well uh, it can be a bit slow getting going and uh, sometimes you just get a wee sort of smoulder um, and when that happens um, I have, I have a, I don't know why i have chosen this but I have an orange plastic plate uh, that, that comes out for special occasions it comes out so that it can act the fan it fans that that just little tiny flicker of, of flame into hopefully all being well, this are sort of the roasting fire. Jesus draws the woman out so he can fan into flames her small weak faith by encouraging her, by speaking truth to her. And part of that will involve her testifying. And so the woman comes, she realizes she can't hide. Verse 47, in the presence of all the people she told why she touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. She speaks and gives a word of of testimony. This is my life, this is my situation before I met Jesus. This is true now that I've met Jesus and now that I've reached out in faith. Every Christian has a testimony that effectively says, I owe everything to Jesus. I was this kind of person. This was my story but then i came to discover the the gospel i came to hear of a god who loved me and, and of the gift of of his son who who was sent and and um, i i trust uh, trusted in in Jesus, that when he died on the cross, he, he died to forgive me and, and that he rose to give me new life. And and now I have the spirit in my heart and now I have the hope of heaven. And now I have reason and purpose as I look to live for him day by day. I owe everything to Jesus. We all have that testimony. This woman has that testimony. And Jesus, what does he do? He invites her to share it. We can recognize and identify, I'm sure, with her sense of, of terror. But you know what? When we remember all that Jesus has done for us. How he has transformed our lives in a variety of ways, but especially spiritually, giving us a new heart, and new life. That's what can help us to overcome our fear. And we realise that we've got a good gift that we want to share with others. So the woman testifies, but you know more than that, Jesus. Jesus testifies. Testifies that she has been healed. And that's important because... Now, public restoration can happen. Now people don't need to move away from her. Now she can be welcomed in. Jesus has done that. And more than that, more wonderful than that, Jesus testifies, she is mine and I love her. Look at how Jesus speaks of her. In verse 48, he said to her, daughter. Daughter's family language. This woman is now part of the family of God. She's been adopted into God's Family, daughter, your faith has healed you or saved you. Hear this salvation language being spoken by Jesus of her and go in peace. She is going away utterly transformed. Peace physically, the illness has gone. Peace in society, she can be welcomed in. Peace Spiritually, as a child of God. It's the gospel. It's the wonder of the gospel. Jesus has come and he has come to pay the ransom price, to deliver us from from sin and suffering and, and evil and to bring us into his kingdom. He's come to bring healing. Spiritual healing deep down in our heart, from the inside out healing. He's come to restore us. Restore us to the way that we were made to be, made to be worshippers of God, made to know and enjoy God. He restores that and he's come to forgive. He's come to deal with the sin that separates so that we can be brought home. Today, if you're not as yet a believer in Jesus, today is a wonderful day to put your faith in Jesus, to ask him to forgive you and to be Lord and Saviour. In your life, and today, if you are a Christian, it's a great day to declare his praises and to be looking for opportunities today this week to declare his praises to others. So, so the focus shift, shift for a while now um, from Jairus to the women, but now uh, attention is going to shift back uh, to Jairus. So we're going to see what happens. So, so imagine so the news spreads in the crowd and praise and wonder would no doubt spread too. This woman has been dramatically healed, but then comes verse 49. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. The news Jairus had dreaded above all. It's too late. There's no point. Just come home. Don't bother Jesus anymore. There is limits, even to his power. But, Jesus is not done, is he? Jesus is still revealing his power over the forces of evil, the forces of darkness. Jesus is still uh, saying to his disciples, saying to this woman, saying to Jairus, I am the one that you should have your faith in. And so he says, verse 50, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. And what we discovered about faith is that faith fights fear. Of course, Jairus had so much reason to fear and and to collapse. And these words from anyone else would seem so cruel and heartless, wouldn't they? But not from Jesus. Jesus reminds Jairus, in this disaster, in our disasters, nothing else matters beyond, above faith in Jesus and so Jesus calls Jairus to fight the fight of faith to fight against fear by resting in Jesus character to rest in Jesus power uh, to continue trusting what he's already known about Jesus that brought him there in the first place and to to trust in Jesus all the more because of what he's just seen Jesus do in the life of this woman and we are invited to learn from Jairus and his example in our fight against fear. And when things seem to be collapsing around us to hold on to God's word, to trust in God's promises, to draw comfort from his presence with us always, to rest in his grace, that overflow of, of undeserved loving kindness that comes to us, and to recognise we're in the hands of a God who's sovereign and wise and good. Faith fights fear, So Jesus then continues to move. Jairus follows and the disciples follow and they arrive at the house and as they arrive at the house they're met with a scene, not surprisingly, of devastation and of grief. There's mourning. And Verse 52, Jesus says to the mourners, stop wailing, she's not dead but asleep. Now we need to recognise Jesus is not naive. But Jesus knows his power, knows his plan. It's as easy for Jesus eh, to uh, raise this girl from the dead as it is for uh, a, a parent to raise a child from sleep. The crowds, they mock and they doubt. They laughed at him knowing that she was dead. There is no faith in the crowd but they're about to learn a powerful lesson and Jairus is too uh, because Jairus's faith is rewarded with new life. Death becomes life in his daughter's case. Jairus has stuck with Jesus. He's gone from pleading with Jesus to following his word and obedience. And now, verse 54, Jesus takes her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Family's restored. His daughter is alive by the power and the love of God in Jesus. Again, we see in a wonderful way uh, the, the restoration that faith brings. And this physical raising speaks spiritual hope for us it anticipates the resurrection of the Lord Jesus conquering sin and evil and death and that promise that one day he will return and defeat those forces once and for all and we who trust in Jesus will enjoy resurrection life with him and so Luke in so many ways wants to say to us Jesus is the proper object of faith, and faith in Jesus changes everything. What have we learned about Jesus and faith? Well, we've seen Jesus confront evil and suffering; and it was all around him. You know, he wasn't disconnected from it. And we've seen too that Jesus is God's solution, the ultimate solution to problem of the problem of evil and suffering, and that is revealed for us at the cross and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And will be finally revealed at his second coming. And so we are invited to have faith that, that God is strong enough, that Jesus is good enough to bring good out of evil. We see that again at the cross, don't we? That people intended out of evil to, to kill Jesus, but God had an eternal plan that the death of his son is a perfect sacrifice would bring life for many. We see too, don't we, that Jesus is the great physician and that to know true peace, lasting joy, restoration is to put our faith in him. There's, there's wonderful different pictures of restoration, the women being restored to society, a family being reunited. It's a great picture of the gospel that God, through Jesus, reconciles us to himself. And it's a reminder that in, in heaven, There'll be those wonderful family reunions, friends reunited, as all those who have their faith in Jesus are together in perfect joy in heaven and enjoying one another and enjoying the Lord Jesus. As we finish, let me just remind us that it's not enough to say, I'm a person of faith. The message from Luke chapter 8, the message throughout the Bible is, I must have faith in a person and that person is Jesus. Faith in Jesus brings the promise of of new and eternal life. It brings the hope of true and complete healing in the future and it brings the promise of life and peace with God today. So let me invite you to live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Let's pray briefly. Lord God, we confess that there are times when our faith is placed in many other things rather than in your son Jesus. We can sometimes place a lot of faith in ourselves and in our own abilities. We place hope in political parties, in educational systems, in medical and scientific technology in the basic goodness of humanity, so many sources of of what we can think of as as hope. But Lord, help us to see that ultimate hope, ultimate peace and joy in life comes when our faith is in Jesus. Thank you that the Bible is so full of evidence towards that end, both in the power and the love and the miracles of Jesus, but also in His dying for us and then rising for us and sending the Spirit for us and Promising he's gone to heaven and he'll take his people to be with him and he'll come back and make all things new, including us. Lord, help us to be a people of faith and a people that praise you and a people that testify eh, to your goodness. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's eh, finish our time eh, together. First of all, singing, He will hold me fast, and then eh, Psalm 63 the first eight verses.
1: When I fear my faith will fail Christ will hold me fast When the tempter would prevail Hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He will hold me fast will hold me fast For my Savior loves me so He will hold me fast Those He saves are His delight Christ will hold me fast Precious in His holy sight He will hold me fast He'll not let my soul be lost His promises shall last Bought by Him at such a cost he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. He bled and died Christ will hold me fast Justice has been satisfied He will hold me fast Raised with Him to endless life He will hold me fast Till our faith is turned to sight When he comes at last He will hold me fast He will hold me fast For my Savior loves me so He will hold me fast Hold me fast, he will hold me fast for my Saviour loves me so. He will hold. I've seen I lie awake and in my thoughts dream.